Good morning. This is the Jeff Gregory Podcast. Uh, pretty excited about this one. This is my second podcast I've done. The first one, you know, it's just kind of getting my feet wet into doing it. Um, I, about 10 minutes of it got cut off because my headset had cut off and I didn't realize it and I just kept on talking. So you missed the last 10 minutes of it, but there really wasn't much, nothing much about it. It was mainly about, you know, sports and things like that. But today's podcast uh, that I'm doing is entitled uh, Faith, Family, and Forgiveness. You know, the three big F's of life. Three things that I have struggled with, you know, in areas. And three things that I have, you know, felt accomplished with in certain areas as well. One of the areas I've always felt that, you know, I've had a stronghold on was my faith. You know, there are times in life that, you know, you struggle with your, your faith. But I felt for the most part that, you know, even when things were going really bad, that God was there. And that's just how that's always been for me. I grew up in the Church of Christ. You know, I, I recommend it for anybody that's looking for a strong, you know, religion, a strong Bible-based religion. I have no problem with the Church of Christ churches. I, you know, we still attend, um, you know, when family invite us to Friends and Family Day, Vacation Bible School, you know. Whatever they're doing, you know, that's, you know, or gospel nights and things like that. We don't mind going, you know, because I've known a lot of the speakers all my life. You know, some of my favorite, you know, Church of Christ speakers are, you know, Jeff Walling. He's one of the greatest ones I've ever heard of from Pepperdine University. You know, when I was growing up, he was, you know, at last the leaders and things like that. And, you know, I still watch a lot of his, you know, preachings on YouTube and things like that. Anytime I see a new one on there, I'll watch it and you know, one one or two that I recommend that he has is he does he covers the whole whole Old Testament and the whole New Testament in two different YouTube uh, series. Uh, they're about 45 minutes long each. But while he's talking about the timeline, the history, things that you know were happening in the Old Testament or the New Testament, there's like five or six giant long chalkboards that are in the back behind him, and he's got somebody back there drawing out what he is saying. So that is really cool to watch, and, you know, I really liked it, and I like I've watched it several times over, and I forward it to folks that, you know, are just looking for something pretty cool to watch, you know, and then another one of my favorite Church of Christ folks is Max Licato. I've read several of his books. Um, I've subscribed to his podcast, you know, him, and, you know, I, I really enjoy stuff that he said, you know, don't always agree with some things Max says, but at the same time, you know, I don't believe that religion is cut and dry, you know, I don't believe that. There is a true, you know, Church of Christ religion that is perfect, or there's a true Baptist or whatever. I believe that, you know, the Word of God, you know, is spoken to you in your heart. You know, the Bible was written by men, and there are no perfect Bibles. You know, you still got the King James, New King James, NIV, ESV, NLT, Message, all those Bibles that, you know, have different people's preferences, and a lot of churches have their own preference, and you know, so I believe that, you know, it's basically what you believe in your heart. You know, you can study as much as you want and and find, the, you know, your your correct, you know, interpretation. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Like I like I personally like the NIV. I've been using it since I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Um, it's, it's funny. We were studying Bibles in our couples classes, you know, you know, the timelines when they came forward and when they were made and. When it came to the NIV, you know, it was like, oh, this is written on the seventh grade level. I was like, that's why I liked it. You know, easy to read. But, you know, the, the message is, you know, like written on like a fourth grade level. And the King James is written like, you know, a twelfth grade slash college level. I mean, they're 
There are some of them are tougher to read and comprehend and understand because you don't speak the way that is written. You know, some of those languages we, or I guess dialects they speak, we don't speak that way. So it makes it harder for you to understand sometimes, especially if you're just reading something without actually studying it. So I use lots of different translations. Like on my phone, I have, I literally looked the other day, I have nine different Bible apps on my phone, which is kind of crazy. I have several parallel Bible apps. And then, the, you know, my study Bibles, I have a couple of different versions of those. But my favorite Bible I ever had was, it was an NIV Bible. I bought it. It's actually here on my desk here at school. And, you know, I might post it on my Instagram or something. But I've had this Bible for, let me see, I'm 35. I got it when I was 14. So I've had this Bible for 21 years. You know, it's worn out. You know, it's been in my, the back seat of my truck. It's been in the front seat of my truck. It's been underneath my seat of my truck. I lost it for about two years. Um, it's got duct tape all over it. It's got scriptures on it. It's got the margins are coming apart. Uh, the binders broke. Uh, I ended up having to duct tape it because whenever it started tearing up, this was like pre-Amazon days. You couldn't find anything. So I, I looked on the internet and it was like, here's one. And it was like 70 bucks. You know, I was like, no, I'm not paying $70 for something that I paid, you know, 15 for growing up. But I love my Bible. I leave it here at school as a reminder of who I am. You know, it kind of represents me. It's kind of torn up a little bit, a little, a little beat up and tattered. But yet, you know, it still holds the message of God and it's still you know, very useful and works out very well for me. But, you know, moving forward, I have no problems with the Church of Christ religion that I grew up with. I learned a lot, you know, like my two best friends, you know, ultimately that's where I met them was at the Church of Christ, you know, Jonathan and Jared. And, you know, I, I get to, you know, hang out with them and speak to them. And, you know, that's, that's one of the big takeaways I have from going to church there. Um, you know, besides meeting, you know, folks, but, you know, we've, we switched over to Revolution Church and White House and we like it, you know, we, we, like I told my first podcast, we weren't really planning on going to Rev. It was just somewhere that it's like every, every time that we were doing something, it was like somebody would, Hey, come visit Rev or come bring your kids to this or come do this. And it was people that I'd either went to church with or grown up with. And so it was kind of like God was speaking to us, you know, that, this is where we need to go. And we went first Sunday we went, you know, like Pastor Chris was talking about teachers and it was cool. And he gave, they gave out a gift card, to all the teachers. I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, they're actually, you know, serving teachers and things like that. And, and being a teacher, I was excited. And, you know, we, we fill roles like, you know, I do, you know, Sunday morning children's church and Chrissy does the nursery and Wednesday night nursery. And we have our own couples class and, and I have my men's Bible class. And then I do security and, things like that. So it's, it's important to me. Like I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to serve. I enjoy, you know, especially my men's group. Like I was telling Scott this morning on the way to school that, you know, I love my men's group because, you know, we dig into the word. Like right now we're studying the book of Luke and, you know, we're doing like a 30 day series and there every day there's something different to look for or to read about. And, you know, and I've read, I I'm not an overachiever by no means, but I've read like every one of my passages, but I like read them in different translations, you know, or I'll read them in just to make sure that I'm getting what I'm looking for. And, you know, it's really cool. Like I enjoy things like that. I enjoy the history of the Bible. I enjoyed knowing the back history of, you know, the timeline of what was going on in different areas other than just, you know, what you directly read in scripture. But, you know, Rev's a service-based church. The motto is live, love, serve. You know, you live like Christ, you love one another, and you serve. And that's kind of what we do with our family. Yeah, me and Christy and the girls, you know, you know, that's 
we've kind of adopted that motto. We, and that, you know, we do it at church, you know, we, you know, we serve as much as we can and, you know, it, it's somewhere that we're supposed to be, I believe. I don't believe that any church is perfect. You know, you're never going to find a perfect church. If you do, let me know so I can go check it out. But I don't believe you're going to find a perfect church. Um, but like I said, the title of today is, you know, um, faith, family, and forgiveness. So and that's my faith part of it. Like I've been a Christian for many years of my life. Um, not always a perfect Christian, no, no such thing. But I do have my faults and I do have my sins. But I strive to overcome them. I strive to make myself better for myself and my family. And that's just, you know, where I am in my life. But, you know, this week has been a tough week. It's been very challenging. You know, I was asked to be a deacon this year and very excited about it. You know, something that as a kid, you know, being in the church, I'm not going to lie. Like, I always wanted to be a deacon, you know, because some of the big deacons that I grew up with, you know, were really good. And they were really inspiring. They were really you know, godly men, they, but they were fun, they were funny, you know, they taught Bible classes at camp, and they, you know, taught our Bible classes at church, and they had great reputations, and they had great, you know, wives and families, and, and that's what I wanted, you know, so when I was excited to be a deacon, I felt like that the church was looking at those areas of my life, and like, hey, you know, Gregory's got it, he's got a great wife, he's got great children, you know, he, you know, leads by example, you know, God's first in their home, and, you know, that's what I was looking for. So I was very excited. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, you know, one of the top tier things I've ever been asked to do or, or whatever. So to serve as a deacon, you know, I know I, you got to, I feel like I got to step my life up even more, but that's, that's fine. But like I said, very excited about it. And I wanted to share it with my family. You know, my, I have a large family. Um, my mom's side is very large. My dad's side is very large, extended families and things like that. Um, my dad's side, you know, is a family of believers, you know, Church of Christ, some Methodists, you know, whatever. There's some other, you know, churches, but they're believers. And then my dad's side is the more of the non-believers. Like, I don't know that many folks on my dad's side that actually attended church. You know, I know my grandmother didn't believe in God at the time on my mom's side, Norma. I mean, Norma did, but Janie, she didn't really believe. So, but until she was ready to die, but I don't know how that works out. That is between, you know, Janie and God, but... You know, I've known some Methodists on that side, but really no, nobody that's ever stood out that I can say is church going folk. And, and that's fine. Like I don't, I don't push my religion on people. They know where I stand. I'm always the one that on either side of the family for somewhere. Hey, you know, will you leave the prayer for breakfast or dinner or Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, and I've always enjoyed that, that role too, because, you know, I want to be an example to my family, but moving forward, my family I really wanted them to come, you know, to the deacon service, which is on September the 8th. So if you're listening to my podcast, you want to come, come on over. Because after we do it, we might go eat somewhere or might eat at church. I'm not really sure all the particulars, but it will be something that will be fun for everybody. And it will be, you know, something good for just to, you know, support my wife and my girls too. You know, they're part of this just as much as I am because they're, they're serving our church. And, you know, I believe that deacon role, you know, umbrellas onto them. But what happened was, is, you know, I talked a little bit about it in my first podcast, you know, Christy sent a message to my dad's side of the family and asked them to come and be a part of it with us and, and sharing this, <coughs> you know, deacon service, <coughs> excuse me, take a drink of water. 
And I talk fast. I apologize. I'm one of those people that, like, my mind's racing as I'm talking. So if, you, if I stumble or if I'm all over the place, that's just kind of how it works. But, you know, Chrissy had asked, you know, them to come. And, you know, the response I got on the first text message, you know, was from my cousin. And I love my cousin. I mean, she's, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, you know, she is family. But. You know, if you're not coming, just tell me you're not coming. Just say, hey, you know, our religious preference isn't what we want to do. You know, our religious, you know, beliefs aren't the same, whether it's, you know, the Bible that we read or the instrumental music, you know, or whatever. And I can accept that, no problem. Like, I'm one of those people that I can accept a lot of things because, you know, like I said, I've seen a lot of different religions. I have my preference, you know. I wasn't a soul fan of instrumental music, you know, when we first started attending Riff. Like, I like some acapella stuff. But, you know, I just kind of let it go. And then, you know, my wife replied back, you know, she's like, well, we have, you know, God at our church, too. And, and then the rest kind of hit the fan. And, you know, it, it sucks because you love your family. You don't want to, you know, have quarrels over, you know, things like this. Like, I never want to argue with somebody about religion. Like, I... I know enough that I could, but I know enough that I don't want to as well. You know, like if people have different beliefs and perspectives, you know, I'm not the person that's going to sit there and tell you wrong. I'm not the person that's going to, you know, bash you for whatever you believe. I'm just going to love you, you know, and that's what I'm doing with my family. You know, the only thing that I I did was about six years ago, um, I was having some things in my mind and my heart and, you know, my grandmother's like, write a book about it, write, write it down. So I wrote it down and ended up being, you know, about 70 pages, I believe, when I finished writing. And, you know, it, and I write in it, you know, sporadically now. Like, I, don't, I haven't written in it in, I guess, several months. I don't write a whole lot anymore, but because it's just things I went through as a child growing up. And they're not great things. Like, they're things that, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, you know, if I'd only known or... You know, we'd have been there for you if you'd only said something. But at five and six years old and, you know, 13, 14, sometimes you just don't say anything. You don't know the right words. And, you know, so I gave that, a copy of that to, you know, a few family members, including my grandmother. And then I was accused of doing it maliciously. But it wasn't malicious. You know, I, I promise. Like, wholeheartedly, I wanted them to see what I went through that was you know, I didn't even tell my wife until I was like 29 years old, you know, things that I went through and overcame to get to the Jeff Gregory that I am now, you know, the loving husband, you know, the dedicated father, and ultimately, you know, the man of God, because that's what I want to be. Like, I don't want anything else. Like, I'm not, you know, a selfish guy. Like, I, those are three things that I, you know, I want in my life. I want to be a great dad. I want to be an awesome husband. And I want to be, you know, you know, a true believer and love God. That's those are three things that I want. Really, no more, no less. And, you know, for me to get the attacks that I've gotten lately and some text messages and saying that, like, I've let people down. And, you know, and if I would have only been a Church of Christ deacon and that kind of stuff, you know, it just, it's like low blows, you know. So those jabs that you don't throw unless you're, you know, really trying to hurt somebody. You know, things that I wouldn't throw at somebody. And because... I could, but I wouldn't. 
and I've let it go. Like I haven't responded. You know, I just hadn't. I don't know what to say because I don't want to twist it back in my face. I don't want people to, you know, feel like that. You know, I'm doing something malicious because that's not who I am. Like I'm not a malicious person. You know, and like going on to the forgiveness part, like sometimes I'm too quick to forgive stuff. Like I don't know if you can be, but I feel like I sometimes I am. Like, you know, something will happen and I'll just let it go. And, you know, my wife will be like, hey, you know, I thought you weren't going to talk to that person or I thought you weren't going to, you know, communicate or I thought you were going to do this. And, and I'm like, well, you know, I felt bad or, you know, because I have. I have empathy for people that I can see both sides of the perspective on a lot of things because I've been through both sides of the perspective. You know, I've been in the wrong, and if I'm in the wrong, call me out on it. I, you know, I'm old enough and mature enough that if I do something that you know isn't right, I have no problem being called out on it. But at the same time, you know, I do forgive my family and for not coming, even though it's, in my opinion, it's silly. You know, you're not going to come over instrumental music. You know, honestly, I feel like, you know, I have four weeks before it or three weeks before it's, you know, we're having, having this. I could probably reach out to Pastor Bill, who, who's our music minister, or Pastor Chris, who's, you know, our preacher, and say, hey, can we do an acapella service? But at the same time, you know, I feel like that, that would still, they still wouldn't come. And then that would just cause more animosity that I've been told I carry, which I don't. You know, after things were said Saturday, I let things go. Like, you know, I reached out to my Uncle Billy and I, you know, I kind of told him how I felt. And, you know, I wasn't looking for him to take a side. I wasn't looking for him to, you know, be like, oh, that's, that's, that's how it should be or something. I was just wanting, you know, to tell him how I felt, you know, because I value his, you know, perspective and opinion. And, but there is no animosity. You know, like I said, I love my family, I love my friends. You know, whether they come or not, you know, I'm not going to disown them, but there are, there are going to be, you know, changes that are made. You know, I don't feel comfortable going back to their church. You know, I just, that's not going to happen anymore because, you know, we always have attended, you know, their churches and, and their activities. And, you know, I know several people there. I've played volleyball. I actually played volleyball for them. That was kind of nice to get to meet people and things like that. And, but at the same time, you know, I feel like that my girls, if they're going to be looked down upon or my wife, you know, I don't want them to be looked down upon because we go to a different church, you know, and, and that's not how it's going to be because I, you know, I, as a dad and a husband, you know, I, my goal is to protect and shield my family from things. And, you know, that's what I do. I do that pretty well. I feel like, because, you know, I, I love my girls more than anything. I love my wife more than anything. So, but moving forward, like I said, I forgive my family. I love them. You know, I talked to my grandmother yesterday on the phone for about 45 minutes. You know, we, she was upset, and I understand her being upset, but the intention wasn't to make her upset. The intention was just to let her know that, you know, this is what your grandson went through. You know, there's more than just my mom and dad, you know, killing themselves or dad being murdered, whatever. I don't know the true, whole story on that. You know, I hear little bits and pieces here and there about my dad, but... You know, ultimately, you know, there's more, you know, stuff that happened to me when I was five years old and six years old and, you know, and, you know, being homeless and things like that. And, and it's in my book. I mean, if you want to read it, like I said, shoot me a message. I'll send it to you. You know, at one point I was ever going to let anybody read it. You know, I wrote it mainly for myself, but if I can, if it, if it helps somebody, if it, you know, 
if it helps somebody overcome something they're going through or, you know, gives them a different perspective of life and stuff like that, you know, then I'm all for it. You know, I love people and I want to help people. That's ultimately why I teach where I'm at. You know, I'd love to go home and teach in the White House, but every time, you know, I, I mention it or there's a job opening, sometimes I even retract my name from it because, you know, I belong where I belong. You know, I teach kids that have rough home lives and, you know, and I've shared some things, you know, this, you know, kids, you know, from my book that, you know, that have been going through some stuff, whether it's, you know, parents' death or, or whatever, you know, I've shared things to just let them know that, hey, I'm here, you know, I got your back, I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you if I can help it and things like that, so, I mean, that's just how I am, that's who I am, and, you know, I'm not ashamed anymore of what I went through growing up, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I struggle with forgiveness, you know, for a couple things out of my book um, that have happened to me, but, you know, I, I pray that, you know, the peace, you know, God, you know, bestow peace upon me and my heart and let me just let those things go and move forward at 35 years old and enjoy the rest of my life without <laughs> that word animosity, harboring animosity. That word just irritates me, by the way. Like if you're listening to my podcast, you know, I'm sorry to break the topic, but that word just irritates me. I don't harbor animosity. never have. Like I'm most people that I have a great memory. Like, I can tell you anything and everything I've just about ever done or ate or whatever. You know, like, when I was in college, I bought, like, 12 books. And that's it. Because if it was a lecture class, I could just remember it. And, you know, anyways, moving forward. I don't harbor animosity, but I don't forget stuff either. You know, and if I throw it back up every now and then, then it's, it wasn't mainly to hurt anybody. It's mainly just to re- reiterate facts that have happened. So, but moving forward. Um... Life is good. You know, we're going to have a good weekend this weekend. We're going camping with some friends from church. Looking forward to it. I've never taken my wife camping. So I am very nervous because I love to camp. You know, growing up, you know, we would go backpacking. We would go camping. One time, Jonathan Shelton almost made me freeze to death because it was snowing. And he had two sleeping bags. Now that I had this crappy energy blanket. And I didn't know he had two sleeping bags. And we almost froze to death. Well, I did. And then, but like I said, I loved the fish growing up and camp out at Shallow Lake and, you know, all the memories that I've had there with my best friends and, you know, the tent story with Jared and, you know, the guy that was scaring away possums while we were trying to sleep or rob us one and all kinds of stuff like that. But like I said, looking forward to it. It's going to be really hot. You know, we got to, we're looking at tents. If you've ever looked at tents, um, you know, there's like a million of them, and they range from, you know, really cheap to really expensive. And we settled on a $35 tent from Walmart that attaches to the 10 by 10 canopy we use for cheerleading. So I am looking to see how this works. I may end up going back and get another one because it only sleeps, you know, four people. And we're bringing Charlie, our dog, who's a, like a great Pyrenees Gold Retriever mix. And he's about as big as I am, and he's going to want to lay on top of me. But... You know, as I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, you know, whenever they were talking about it last week at the birthday party, you know, I chimed in. I was like, yeah, I'd love to go, you know, because I, you know, growing up, you know, we did a lot of camping and things like that, you know, canoeing and stuff. So I want my girls to experience it because, you know, it's fun. Those are memories that they will cherish and, you know, I will cherish. And, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. But I got to get ready to go do some car duty and let my children into school today. So, but I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. See you later.